It's Sunday. And you have just tuned into The Chameleon Show, with your host, Tamika. She will be sharing her unpublished works. However, before she starts flipping through pages, the producers wanted me to tell you. There is loads of adult content, and topic discretion is an individual choice. What it do, all you saints, sinners, and page watchers. It's your girl, Tamika Tanell, and I'm back at it again, baby. That's right, it's Sunday. So it's time for us to jump back into Caged by Fire. Now listen, if you haven't had the chance to listen to chapter one or two, I would advise you to do so. Because in chapter three, Well, Simone is about to be unmasked. You ready? Here we go. Chapter 3 The humming noise coming from the air condition drowns out the low volume of the television, and the filtered air immediately begins to cool off the room. Dominique, still kneeling between Simone's legs, gives his full attention to her reddened eyes. He watches as her arousal quickly evaporates, and the windows to her soul become empty. Suddenly, her skin color turns pasty, and he's concerned. What have I done? He questions himself, unaware that his words just opened a forbidden, sealed door within Simone. Her thoughts are thrown back into the past, while her body sits motionlessly in present. And now, she's forced to either deal with the mess that has spilled out, or fight to push her demons back inside. While Simone suffers, Dominique attempts to regain her attention. He takes her hands into his and strokes her soft palms with his thumbs. Yet unlike before, the warmth of his hands has no effect this time. Simone, it was never my intentions to hurt you, he says with a tinge of guilt in his voice. Impassive to his touch and words, Simone sits on the edge of the bed warring internally. Out of nowhere, she abruptly stands, nearly knocking Dominique onto his rear. Run, the voice inside her head instructs, yet Simone's legs refuse to obey the command. Instead, she remains glued to her current position and is unaware of how close Dominique is standing in front of her. She continues to gaze out into open space. Her body is so stiff that if he didn't see her chest rising and falling, Dominique would have sworn she was nothing more than a corpse. Simone's current predicament, the realization that someone other than her doctors has just seen the horrific scars on her face is overwhelming. Countless memories flood her mind as her internal warrior fights to maintain some level of balance. However, her soldier is currently losing the war. 
And in a hardly audible, emotionless voice, she tells him a story of her past. Simone speaks as if she's detached from the memory, as if she's merely a viewer looking in and reporting someone else's life. I remember one time, I forgot to pull the trash can to the front of the house. It was trash day. That was one of my many chores. For whatever reason, on that particular day, nothing was going as planned. My mother was passed out on the couch, which meant my sister Saya and I had to tend to our younger siblings. We got everyone dressed and off to daycare and school. Usually, I wouldn't forget about the trash. But my twin brothers were cranky that day. I remember them fussing the entire morning. Anyways, so much needed to be done that day. And truthfully, I just forgot. Simone speaks her last sentence as if she's pleading with Dominique to believe her, to have mercy on her. You are only human. You mentioned you were a child yourself, right? Children always forget things. Not if you're Elma Jean's child. Dominique's brow wrinkles as she tries to put the pieces together. He doesn't have to work long because Simone tells him everything. My mother was big on handing out capital punishment sentences. So, uh, the next morning before I left for school, she was up milling around the house, sipping on her special coffee that included gin as the creamer. She called me into the kitchen, and against my better judgment, I answered. Simone goes on to describe how Emma Jean beat her with the wooden end of the broom until it broke in half. The thrashing was so severe that some of the lashings left several lasting scars. The more Simone reveals, the more that memory begins to materialize. Simone's body jolts and she squeezes her eyes closed as the recollection is no longer a suppressed experience. It is now present. She can feel the handle slamming against her fresh, leaving bruises and tearing through her skin like scissors through paper. She can smell the metallic stench of blood along with her mother's alcoholic feces reeking breath assaulting her nostrils. She can hear her siblings crying and begging their mother to stop. No one can stop the possessed. I learned that a long time ago. Her shoulders slouch. But then Simone straightens her posture as she stands before Dominique with an odd sense of pride. With a rough hand, she wipes away the teardrops threatening to fall and says with a hiss of anger, and I didn't shed one tear. I didn't flinch. 
nor did I beg God to save me. I just stood there, allowing my mother to use me as a punching bag. And when hitting me no longer tickled her fancy, she dug her shaky hand into my hair, grabbing a fistful of my locks and yanked me to the ground. She then dragged my body along the floor. Dominique watches as Simone reenacts Emma Jean's movements. She reaches out into thin air, grabbing a hold of nothing, yet the grip has turned her knuckles white. He wishes he can console her and take away the pain, yet being the only boy in a house filled with females as a child, he knows women never want a man to fix their problems. They merely desire to be heard. So, Dominique listens until she's ready for comfort. I remember my mother dragging me across the floor until she reached the cabinet where the knives were. I guess she thought I would resist or beg for mercy, but I, I didn't either. If she wanted to kill me, then I thought, so be it. I was sick of living anyway. Simone lowers her head. She's ashamed and embarrassed by how she didn't value the gift of life. You wanted to die? Still staring out into thin air, Simone nods her head. Yes. Wearing the same blank expression now that she wore then, Simone lets Dominique in on another one of her secrets. That's when I became familiar with a certain kind of pain. And how I also learned how to turn the pain off. Emma Jean then cut Simone's hair and sent her to school, turning every faucet of her life into a hellish experience. It was at that point that Simone promised herself once her hair grew, she would never show anyone her monster, nor would she ever be the butt of someone's joke. Blinking away the past, Simone returns to the present as a wave of anger flashes through her body and vibrates around her. Her rage burns from the inside out. like the sweltering heat of a blazing fire. As her skin prickles with sweat, Simone huffs and a loud growl rumbles in the pit of her midsection as it becomes apparent to her. Slowly turning her head, she glances at Dominique, resents blurring her vision, and as if he were one of the kids in junior high that had teased her, she spews venomous accusations like a spiteful serpent. What is your angle, Dominique? Why do you want to see all of me? Is it to make fun of me? Is it so that you can see what a living monster looks like? If Simone's vision wasn't so foggy, she would have seen how Dominique flinched when she lashed out at him. His brow furrows, and he lowers his head briefly. 
You just watch Simone's beautiful, angelic face as it darkened and how her scowl turns as if cold and vowed. And he can't imagine how much pain she's in. No, I would never do such a thing. So why do you need to see all of me? She shouts. Dominique raises his head and his eyes dance back and forth across Simone's face as she tries to fight back the tears that threaten to dampen her cheeks. He stares into the browns of her eyes, searching for the woman he was ready to make love to only moments prior. He never believed in love at first sight until he saw Simone. And although it is clear she's suffering from her past, he refuses to walk away. I'm not your history, Simone. Neither will I be reprimanded for the fools that hurt you. And while my heart aches for um, the things you revealed, I can only assume that everything happens for a reason. I didn't come here tonight with that question on my heart. In fact, I was merely stopping by to ask you out to dinner. But when I laid eyes on you, his voice trails off as he tries to find the best way to explain that he fell into a trance when she first opened the door. He didn't want to share the sight of her with anyone else tonight. He reaches out to grasp her hand before finishing the thought, but Simone flinches away from his touch. You're upset, he points out, but not with me. Dominique continues to explain his reason for coming to Simone's room, as well as what led him to the question. I only conjured the idea of a question so that you would invite me in. However, when I stood and saw your face, when you saw my face, you were what? Turned off? No, no, Dominique says with a shake of his head. He explains that that's not the way he wanted her to reveal herself to him. I didn't want it to be some kind of accident that I saw what you hide. I wanted it to be your choice. Simone listens to Dominique explain, noticing the empathy, not pity, in his eyes and words. She sees the truth. Dominique wasn't the one that hurt her. But that doesn't mean that he won't, Simone tells herself. But also, it doesn't mean that he will. Sighing heavily, she steps away from him, walks over to the light, and turns it on. The entire room comes to life. The inside of the hot tub, which is near the bathroom, sparkles as if it were brand new. The white and black marble flooring shines, and so does the glossy white walls. The king-size bed, with its brass headboard and fluffy white sheets, looks so cozy and inviting. There's white, black, orange, as well as Tiffany blue throw pillows to give the room a splash of color. And there's a black chase lounge chair across from the bed with the same colored pillows. 
On the farthest wall, there's the sliding doors which go from one end of the wall to the other. The doors lead out to what looks like a tropical garden that has palm trees, a hammock, wicker patio furniture, and a cement walkway that runs into the sandy beach of the Atlantic Ocean. At first, Simone simply stands under one of the ceiling lights with her back to Dominique. She tells him that out of all her sisters, she's the only unattractive one. And because of what her mother did to her as a child, she built a cage around her heart, tucking away all her imperfections and hiding away from the world. Simone stifled her own voice so completely that eventually, it was as if the world forgot all about her. And that gave her some relief. Some relief. Until I traveled across the Atlantic Ocean. She turns slightly, and the right side of her face is visible to Dominique, who sees tears caressing her cheek. He watches her, listening to every single word, as if he's her therapist that can offer a diagnosis, knowing that the only thing he can offer is his loyalty and dominance. He could take her as his submissive protect her from the world, and love her until she is strong enough to love herself. And while to some that may not be enough, to Simone, it will be the start of something life-changing. I traveled over an entire ocean, not knowing what to expect. My sisters told me to let loose and enjoy myself, which is sort of why I took your bait. I just wanted to live a little. I didn't think things would get so serious or that I'd share my secrets with a stranger. <sighs> Simone bites down on her bottom lip before finishing her thoughts. <sighs> when you first said hello to me that night, when I was leaving the beach, I nearly lost my dinner. And that time you asked me to dance during the all-white party, I ran to my room without looking back. I told myself, I wanted you to leave me alone. And at that time, I didn't have a clue why, but now I know. What is it that you want? Or what did it that you know, Simone? I know that you see me. That you're able to look into the depths of me. Maybe it's because you identify with me. Dominique nods his head, agreeing. Is that why it's hard for you to look at me? Whispering, Simone says, Yes, because out of all the people I've come across in my 35 years of being alive, she pauses and glances over at Dominique, noticing his keen eyes on her every moment. Simone continues, you are the only person since my granny that acknowledged my existence. 
Simone's admission hits Dominique like a ton of bricks. To hear that she's been alone and forgotten about for years is devastating to him. And he wants to right that wrong. But before he can say or do anything, Simone smiles. Her cheeks flush red as a sparkle of life flickers in her eyes. Bashfully, she admits her attraction to him. I remember the first day I saw you. <laughs> we had just arrived at the resort and you were sitting beside the pool, enjoying a cocktail. My eyes were drawn to you like metal to a magnet. But when you glanced up and saw me looking, when I glanced up and saw you looking, you took my breath away. Dominique finishes. Simone lowers her head, still doubting his attraction to her. Dominique, when you sent that drink to the table that evening, did you know that I assumed you pointed out the wrong woman? Because I couldn't understand for the life of me why you chose me out of my six beautiful sisters. Why wouldn't I? Because I'm not them. I'm soiled and stained. No one can truly accept or love me. Have you given anyone a chance to love you? Simone remains silent, refusing to answer. Dominique takes her silence as an opportunity to enlighten her. Simone, what happened to you was horrible, but I beg you, don't allow your past to keep you, making your life a living hell. Give me a chance to worship you. And why should I, Dominique? Because the cage you're in is on fire. I see how the smoke of your past strangles you. Take a chance on me, as I'm willing to take a chance on you. Allowing his words to seep into her core, Simone wonders if it is at all possible to let down the walls that protected her for years. Simone. You deserve happiness, and I want to be a part of that, if only for tonight. But I hope it's for a lifetime, and I can't do that if you only give me parts of you. Laughing nervously, Simone says, You speak as if the two of us have been seeing each other for some time, and you want to take this thing to the next level. I speak as a man who knows what he wants, and I know you feel it, too. So yes, the process of our connection is fast. But it isn't any less real or meaningful as a man courting a woman for years. Seeing you that day, my soul leapt with such vigor. It's as if he pauses staring tenderly at the right side of her profile while her head remains lowered and her eyes fixed on the marble flooring. In unison, they both finish Dominique's sentence. It's as if I knew you before. 
It's at that moment that Simone starts pulling her hair back into a ponytail. She takes in a deep breath, calming her nerves and readying herself to move out of the way just in case the sight of her causes him to bolt out of her room like thunder. Exhaling loudly, she counts to three and turns to face him. All right, y'all. That is the end of chapter three. Catch you next time, next Sunday, same time, same place, at the Chameleon Show for chapter four of Caged by Fire. Hope you enjoy. You have just listened to a short story written by your host, Tamika Tonnell. If you are interested in hearing more, join her next Sunday to learn if Dominique will still be interested in turning Simone into his submissive and teaching her how to love the only way he knows how. Thank you for listening. Until next time.